1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about people or organizations having a big impact here in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan. And joining me today is a good friend and... He's, he's a change maker. This guy, I, I can't even say it enough. Taylor Toins, the CEO of 4 Oakcliff.org, is doing a lot of big things in Dallas. Uh, for those who don't know, 4 org is a nonprofit providing a culture of education, increased social mobility, and social capital in Oak Cliff. Taylor, how you doing, man? I'm blessed. Good
2: morning. How you doing?
1: Man, I'm doing wonderful, and it's always good to check in with you, especially at the beginning of a year, because between you and Xavier, and I check with you guys at least once a year just to see what's going on and let everybody right. know the wonderful things you guys are doing. It's 2024. Let's talk, before we talk about some of the things you got going on now, and by the way, we're just wrapping up Black History Month. Um, right. Tell us kind of like the impact so far for org in in Oak Cliff.
2: the impact has been amazing you no know, we started we're we're uh, on the brink of a 10 year celebration Look at, at our back to school festival yeah this this year this summer august 10th will be our 10th annual wow. oakcliff the school festival hosted here at our at our campus at 907 east Ledbetter. um and you know just to, even thinking about that to have given out you know over 20,000 backpacks to our students and those same students who, um, were at the origin of the story in my fourth grade classroom have graduated from high school and are now freshmen in college finishing their freshman year of college. Um, you know, I think about the impact on, on a very personal level as well when I think about the ones that, that we really know every day, but mm-hmm. then also the impact of how much is outgrown, you know, um, the original vision and, um, the, the most impactful thing I believe for O'Cliff has has uh, brought to our community is inspiration. Yes, um, I think people see what we're doing, and, and it's very impactful to help them push forward in whatever it is they're doing in their in their individual lives. It's absolutely an amazing story. And again, it's hard to
1: believe it's been ten years because, again, you for those who don't know, you and Xavier were educators. In fact, most of your right. crew educators. So you were you were working with kids. In, in elementary school and middle school, and you're like, wow, we can do such, so much more in this community, and and show kids how to do more than just more than just books, and, and provide books, but more than just just learning. In fact, I remember at one point, uh, early on, when I was getting on, getting together with you, um, you were helping provide Wi-Fi. Because a lot right. of people just take Wi-Fi for granted in different parts of town or, you know, there are rural areas and there are places in the inner city that don't have Wi-Fi. And how are the kids going to be able to learn and keep up with education get with, with their tablets or whatever else is at
2: school unless they what go to the library or whatever. Right. And people yeah. didn't know these stories. Right. And I mean, you know, for O'Cliff, we're always trying to stay culturally relevant within our community and also be future proof mm-hmm. in the things that we do. So, even to that, you know, the innovation of storytelling is very important for us to capture our stories and tell our stories and expose our young people to different opportunities, which brings me to, you know, on uh Saturday, March 2nd, any high school student who's interested in the arts, we're having a film festival here. Or not a film festival, it will be part of, but we're having a film workshop at 40 Cliff that they could come participate in for free. Um, and it'll be a series of uh workshop events that they could come to, but you know, those out of the box uh, opportunities and ideas for our young people is, is what we want to provide. Yes, sir. I mean, it's, it's an amazing story. And the journey is the
1: reward because the twists and turns and, and again, I think the inspiration
2: is the number one thing. What inspired you to even do this? My students did. Um, my, my foundation did my parents, my grandparents, Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, I've always had a passion to serve. So um, I was inspired early on in life. But through that inspiration, I also recognized how important discipline was in order to stay consistent because inspiration and motivation, they'll fleet you. But um, I I really appreciate the foundation that my parents uh, set for me and and everyone who helped raise me um, to maintain discipline and consistency. Um, to get in a position to be able to provide for others. I also like the
1: fact that, and you, you I'm paraphrasing, and you can expound on it better, that you looked at this realistically. You said, I think you were talking about block by block you're going to grow right. this thing. Can you talk about that angle of it? Because I think uh, sometimes people bite off more than they can chew and they're not ready for right. it and it doesn't and it, it work. But you decided to take this thing small,
2: and I think it was block by block. Right. We were inspired by the work of Jeffrey Canada in the Harlem Children's Zone um, and how he took it from the block by block, um, you know, approach. And for us, that's how we saw we were able to, you know, begin utilizing data to see certain areas of of our community and what was needed there. And we came up with the phrase of the super block, which is a very hyper focused area in South Oak Cliff um, that, you know, is home to roughly 30,000 people and for us is to provide those services to them as as much as we possibly can through our pillars of work, education, adv- advocacy, community building, and the arts, and maintaining things that individuals can, can do here um, in a real way. So for example, today, um, 4O Cliff is an early voting location. So okay. if you haven't voted yet, um, during early voting, you can vote anywhere. So we'd love to have you come by 4O Cliff and, and cast your ballot here with us during early voting. And then also on March 2nd, um, we'll be hosting our farmer's market as well on that Saturday. So if you want to come out, participate with us at the farmer's market, you know, snap is welcome. Um, And we also have local black and brown vendors um, that are local farmers as well that will be there. So, you know, just trying to keep a space that the people can come to. And it's always thriving. And also on those Saturdays. Open gym is going on inside the building there in, that, in that very nice court that the Mavericks did. So if you need to get a bucket, <laughs> what other place could you go and vote, play basketball, go to a farmer's market, and go to a film workshop? You know, it's it's just bringing it all together.
1: <laughs> very, very nice. This, we're talking with Taylor Toins. He is the CEO of 4 oakclifforg it's a, it's a very, very inspirational nonprofit getting things done. What I love about your mission is to – Let people not be a burden. In other words, you're self-sufficient. It's like, okay, we're going to do this ourselves, and this is how we're going to do this. And also, like you said, there's no reason to move away. It's like, okay, we're going to take care of this neighborhood. We're going to take care of Oak Cliff, and it's going to be a place where everybody wants to be anyway. Am I speaking out of turn on that? I mean, I just think I just love the way, you know, sometimes people say they make a little money, then they move off to, you know, name a different part of town. Frisco or mm-hmm. some of the suburbs, even down to Cedar Hill, you can name some spots, but you say, wait a minute. Oak Cliff is beautiful. Let's keep it that
2: way. And let's Indeed. do it ourselves. Right. Right. Uh, and I mean, man, you know, I think, I think I know Oak Cliff is the heartbeat of the city. Of yes, Dallas. It is. You know, it's, it's, it's such a beautiful space from the topography to the natural spaces, to the food, to the culture, everything um, about our community. And I just, Truly love it, man, and I and and if you haven't seen, come check it out. You know, like go, come come witness what what's taking place here. And um, I'm also thankful for people who who chose to to do the same before me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I was talking to Xavier earlier. Um, a person such as you know Mr. Stearns, um, A.K.A. Papa Stearns, with with Young Life. This is somebody that mm-hmm. has been in our community teaching. Now he's serving. His daughter's a teacher, almost a lifelong teacher. And, and just how much um to see that inspiration of someone who's been doing this as long as I've been alive, um, that just, you know, that that's that's the reflection that we need to see to keep going amongst all the other people in our community that have been consistently serving and consistently staying um rooted to the community because we have a deep belief in one another. And at the end of the day, resilience is is gonna be in the DNA of anyone from or representing Oak Cliff for Oak cliff. Dot org. I
1: I feel like you guys are like connectors as well. I think you're able to, um, showcase Oak Cliff the way a lot of people want to showcase it, but they didn't know how. Can you talk about some of the people over the last 10 years or the different organizations that you've either partnered with or they found out, wait, for Oak Cliff, we can do some
2: stuff through you guys and help everybody in Oak Cliff. No, for sure. Um, you know, in our mission statement, we say that we want to increase social capital as well, mm-hmm. and I believe social capital is the the best capital there is. I actually heard Kyrie Irving say um, on a panel that um, relationships are the currency of life, and I and that really that really struck me because I, I deeply believe in that, and we've encountered amazing people, you know, over the past ten years, from a Mark Zuckerberg who helped us start our community garden mm-hmm. to, um, you know j cole coming to the back to school festival and mm-hmm. even you know five years to the day of february 22nd five years ago um we were blessed to be in the presence of the late great nipsey hustle and was able to sit down and mm-hmm. talk to him about the movement that was taking place here in dallas and how we could work together with him and what he was establishing in his in his community in south central la in the crenshaw district and, you know, just having a motivating individual like that Grammy award winning mm-hmm. um, artist to be there and thinking of today, you know, Bebe brought him by the 4 Cliff and Bebe. we were able to sit down and learn. Yeah, learn from one another. And um, I think that these things happen for a real reason. And um, I believe and hope that everyone who's encountered 4 Cliff has left with some type of spark of inspiration um, to do more or or collaborate with what we're doing.
1: You know, so wild. I just keep thinking about how um, what you're doing is actually something that a lot of people have done for centuries. Back in the day, they used to call it word of mouth. That was yeah. the best advertising anybody could have was word of mouth because if somebody told you that they they did it or they went through it, they went over there and it was good. It's kind of like a Yelp review now. It's like okay, Yelp. Yeah, it's so social capital getting that credibility and social credibility. It's, it's, the, it's just a different way of saying it because with technology, everybody is a, a, a global community. And like you mm-hmm. said, here's Mark Zuckerberg coming to Oak Cliff. Not, no, he wasn't just right. in downtown Dallas. He came to you. <laughs> right. This is Mr. Right. Facebook himself, the, the guy who the social network, they had a movie about him. I mean, Indeed. it just kind of shows the connections you can make to help others if you do it in the right way. And the cosign on it is, guess what? Word of mouth. I lived mm-hmm. it, or I was there. I saw it with my own eyes. These guys are getting things done. Boom! And like you said, tell everybody how J. Cole happened to come there too, because that, that's a that's an inspiring story in itself. Because J. Cole is not just a rapper. If anybody just reads the lyrics to his words on Google, you can see how deep he is. He's he's right up there with um, K. Dot. He, he,
2: he's going to yeah, probably get is. him a
1: he's probably going to get him a Pulitzer one day. <laughs>
2: He should. J. Cole, he was uh, I believe uh, Complex's 2023 Rapper of the Year um, visited us in the at the fourth Back to School Festival and you know I, I have a strong belief in my faith in God and you know I know things are divine and J. Cole literally a week before our Back to School Festival did a song and said shout out Oak Cliff I'm about to fly to Dallas. We had no relationship with him at that point and as soon as he said it You know, we also recognize that his his uh, his Dallas concert at American Airlines was the same day as the back to school festival. So you can't make those things up. And as soon as he said that, everyone in the community, that social capital piece that I was talking about, all of the thousands of people who had had had, uh, you know, been a part of Foro Cliff began to communicate with him all the way to the mayor and the uh, superintendent of DISD. And um, he got wind of it. And then, you know, J. Cole came to the Back to School Festival. Uh, It was amazing. He also brought $20,000 worth of school supplies and sat there and was one with the people. Wasn't doing it for the PR, didn't even have a camera or anything with him just out there signing autographs and um, just being one with the people and, and, and letting people know that they're seen by a global star, you know, and that's that's a big deal. You know, G- J. Cole and Glendale Park, that's historic. Yeah, that's credibility right there. That's like, wait a minute, J. Cole even showed
1: up. I mean, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's, 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 it's amazing. And, again, uh, it's, it's, it's based upon the fact the work that you're doing and, and whether well, it's an, a one-off because here you are 10 years later and still getting things done and still – Growing. In fact, let's let's talk about the new building. It's still new because how long have you been there? Like a little over a year at the most. Two years now. Wow. This summer will be our third summer here. Wow. If I know. Right. <laughs> tell everybody where you are. And and anybody who's been through Oak Cliff would know the facility. But tell everybody what it used to be and what it is right. now.
2: Started from the bottom. Now you're here. Indeed. So for Oak Cliff acquired the historic More Than YMCA which was the first YMCA for African Americans in all of the Southwest. It's his namesake. Isn't it amazing? Um, yeah, we acquired this gym, or this—it is a gym. It's more than a gym, though. But it's two. It's a, it's a JYM and a JEM. It, indeed, it is. Um, and you know, it's right here on 907 East Ledbetter. Uh, we sit right near the intersection of Marcellus and Ledbetter. Um, we now have a 10-acre property hosting a football field, baseball diamond, outdoor basketball courts playgrounds, outdoor stage pavilions, and a pool, as well as a 20,000 square foot facility. And um, I spoke about the pool, looking forward to that. You know, that's one of the the biggest draws, especially with these hot summers. Oh, yeah. Um, we had over a thousand people in our pool last year, and I'm really thankful to Roland Parrish um for his investment yes sir uh, him and miss jewel parish and their investment into the pool here um at four O'Cliff, they invested into an over-encompassing um plan not only did they help us get the pool done but they also funded the lifeguards funded the swim lessons and all of those things so it's been a a, a very um a big deal for us in the summer with this heat and also teaching our youth how to swim um but you know this is just a it's a beautiful place we call it the 40 Cliff Community Campus. And um, you know, we just want this to be a beacon of hope um for the people who come through. You can't miss us. You know, we own the we on the heartbeat uh on Leadbetter, Better. So if you driving by, you know, you just want to swing in, stop by and see what all we have to offer here. You know, it's amazing because
1: you got something for everybody indoor and outdoor. Uh indoor, you even have a, a tech room or a, a lab or a computer Ooh, we lab. We have a gaming lab. Yeah, yeah we,
2: we have a competitive gaming lab um that young people can come in and Mm -hmm. and learn they can teach they teaching me i I only know (laughs) how to play on the playstation but they know what they're doing on those video games and then we also have the connected learning lab that was um provided to us from at&t that has programs such as khan academy um that our young people use in our after school enrichment hours um because you know this is this is home man kids come in about after three o'clock. Yep. We know it's, it's about to be a different type of energy in the building. And I love it. I love to hear the balls bouncing, the music playing, the kids talking. It's just I don't know. It's it's just a very joyful space to be in and, and see our young people have this and know like they're growing up in 4O Cliff. um, And they excited to be members um, of 4O Cliff as well. It's, it's absolutely an amazing facility, and, and again, you guys are so
1: good at not just taking care of some of the people; you're taking care of all the people. You even got activities for seniors. Tell about Indeed. how you connecting these generations, so you know everybody can see each other and learn. In other words, there's something about knowledge, but there's also something about wisdom, and you bring the wisdom together with the knowledge.
2: Right. Um, so we have what we call the OG program for Look out. our seniors. And OG stands for Outstanding Generation here at uh 4O at Clips. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Barry Shaw, Ms. Joyner, and Courtney Thomas, who who are working that program. But just last weekend, we had something um, tailored to our OGs. Uh, we had a wheel writing class. So everyone was able to come nice. in and write will. Um, And that's so important for people to have, you know, because we all know the inevitable. And with that, you want to make sure your affairs are in order. Um, So we wanted to help provide something like that. Let's stop down um, for have... a second. Let's stop down for a second on that because a lot of people don't yeah. know, especially
1: if you're under the age of 40, you probably don't realize this, but that's what concerns so many seniors, so many mm-hmm. OGs, the, like you said, that generation, outstanding generation. They, Because they, 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 they want to take care of their families. They've been doing it for years and years and years, and they don't know exactly how to do that part necessarily. They want to make sure that everything goes to the right place because, as you know, in all parts of society when someone passes away there's always a big argument with the family indeed. over the will it just always happens right. you just it's not just black brown hispanic asian it's white it's everybody the family's always mm-hmm. fighting over will
2: indeed <laughs> yeah that was one of those i think really innovative things and you know the zip code that we represent 75216 is what the super block is made up of mm-hmm. and i believe 75216 is the home of the most seniors um, in the entire city of Dallas. I think wow. it hosts the most senior, seniors in the um, entire city. So, um, yeah, that that part is is really important. So we want to make sure we're providing that, but also having cross-generational opportunities for, you know, people to soak up that wisdom yeah. from both ends of the spectrum. Because, you know, to know where we're going, you know, um, it's cool to talk to our youth and to know where we've been, it's good to talk to our seniors and our elders. Taylor, I always tell kids when I'm speaking
1: to groups of kids, I always say, you guys don't understand this, but you are tech support. Your grandparents (laughs) don't necessarily know how to use a tablet or they're just only on Facebook. But then I flip it back on. I said, but guess what they got on you? Y'all don't know how to write in cursive.
2: (laughs) Mm. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah, y'all
1: better learn so you can write and read. So those teachers give you your scores and explain on the sides of the notes on the side. You got to know what the teachers are writing.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. You're right about that. Yeah, I
1: flipped the script on both ways. But I, I that's called the intergenerational thing. Basically what you guys are doing for org. So, I, I mean, I'm so proud of what you're doing. I, I don't want to leave anything off the table because we still got plenty of time to break this thing down. Can you talk about was there ever a moment where you thought, oh, no, this might not happen? Was it during the pandemic or was there just a situation that you said, I can't believe this thing is it has got so much potential and now it's not going to happen?
2: Um, you know, I think that the challenges are daily. Yeah, because you know, it's I adversity that, um, builds, it builds the strength. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, there were moments where you know, it I I didn't know what was next. The pandemic was one of those spaces that that really tested everyone. And um, for me, a major inspiration during the pandemic was my wife. My wife is a nurse. Mm-hmm. And I remember just watching her one morning. She worked the uh well one night. She worked the night shift during that time. And I was just watching her go to work and I was like, man, that's powerful. Like that's courageous. Yeah. And our team at the time as well, we were just trying to figure out what it is that we could do. And um during that time, we shifted to doing food distributions every week. So it grew and grew and grew to the point where we were giving out 30,000 pounds of food every Wednesday, because during that time, as you know, people needed the most simple things um, in their lives. People weren't able to work. It it was just, everyone remember, it was a tough time. And we were able to step in in that way and provide food um, during that time in Glendale Shopping Center. And, you know, from there, the food has grown to a whole food justice program here at 40 cliff and that's where um, the birth of our farmers market came from but the day to day things that that we we experience to you know our losing young people from gun violence mm-hmm. um that's 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 a real reality mm-hmm. um that we deal with um and also knowing that our zip code hosts the most people incarcerated in the state of Texas um that's a that's a, a huge challenge um to deal with as well and again, you know, I have extreme hope in, um, in, in our people, but I also understand that we as an entity have to be a, a very strong force in discipline, um, and discipline and consistency in what we do. And I just, uh, I, I admire the team here at Fort O'Cliff because, yes, I, I sit in the seat that I do, but none of these things are upheld without an amazing team of individuals that are here and dedicated to the community to help remove some of these challenges from our people's lives.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I call those individuals the real heroes, especially during the pandemic. You know, um, medical workers, educators, first responders responders—you just go down the list, uh, law enforcement, everybody that was helping each other out during that time and, and even af- afterwards. And I think that was a life lesson that a lot of people learned. And you, you mentioned the, the gun violence part about uh, how, you know, that's something that we don't try to eradicate and, and try to change. And I know for Oak Cliff probably didn't have anything to do with this, but I remember a couple of Saturdays ago, Shaquille O'Neal set up a program. Uh, I think it was with the sheriff's department where mm-hmm. they could buy back guns. In other words, if you had, um, you know, some kind of a gun or, or um, a firearm that you weren't using, that they could buy it back and and you would get good value for it and the whole nine yards. And in a way, you know, some people, you know, everything gets political, but in a way I thought it was a good thing because sometimes, you know, kids find a gun laying around. You know, they just right. find it maybe in a shed somewhere. And right. that's when things get dangerous. And I was like, well, you know, any little thing that can help, whatever it is, because, again, buying back guns, it, it's about – it's about, OK, there's spare guns out there that don't nobody need to have or guns that don't really work well. And then there's collateral damage when, when you know, somebody's using a firearm and using it incorrectly. You know, those kind of it things. Is, it
2: is. So yeah, those, it's going to take all the it's, we got to cast a wide net. Yes. Um, to ensure the safety for our young people. So it's going to take multiple strategies. It's going to take you know, some some deep-rooted conversations um, to shift and change the culture and, and make it to where we, you know, in order, you know, people, we talk a lot about respect, but mm-hmm. I have to give you respect. And, you know, that's the the, 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 the adage is I got to give it to get it, but what we need is reverence for our lives, and I don't have to give you anything to have reverence for you as a human being. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the deep-rooted work. Um, that, that I'd I like to be a part of and that 40 Cliff is doing as we pour into our people. Before I asked you when you sleep, when do you sleep? <laughs> because I know that you're so busy all
1: the time because you're growing this this organization and you've been a part of a lot of important conversations over the last few years. Can you you talk about, you know, how the success as you know, the success is a journey, it's not a destination, how the success mm-hmm. and the growth for Oak Cliff.org has put you in places to try to make impacts or having, uh, make some connections to help, help have these impacts. And, and how have you felt about being a part of some of those, those situations where you meet people that you thought, you know, 10 years ago or longer that, wow, I'm just a, I'm just an educator. And I can't believe I'm sitting here with people who can actually change some lives like a Zuckerberg.
2: Right. Um, I that's a, that's a really good question. Um, you know, when it comes to that, it's been it's been a blessing, and I understand that I'm a vessel. You know, a, mm-hmm. a scripture stays in my mind is Isaiah six and eight, and you know it said, "Who will go for us?" And I said, "Here am I, send me," and um, that's that's all I'm here to do is serve. And by being in that position you know I've been able to to be in positions such as being on the park board for the city of Dallas I right. served on the park board for 6 years and while I was there I was part of being able to create the all access pass for all kids five to 18 years old to be able to get a free rec pass. And with that pass, they're able to get into the Arboretum, they're able to get into the Dallas Zoo, et cetera, et cetera, and their rec centers. Mm -hmm. And that's one of those small things that changes lives. You know, every kid can get those. Also being a part of a master plan for our local park at Glendale Park. We have a $25 million master plan for our park um, with a bond coming up with dollars in there to fund that park. Um so you know, thinking of those things, and then also being in a space with an amazing individual like a scent Marshall, you know, and mm-hmm. and being able to to have her light shined on us over here at 4O Cliff and being such an honor, you know, when you all did the court, we had said that we were going to put a mural up um of a Dallas Maverick. and as we just went down the line of the the mavericks that we would want to do, the one who stood out to us the most was Scent Marshall. um so That's we amazing. put up an amazing mural of scent. Um, in our gym because she shone light on us and, and actually been engaged with our families in a real way. So it's, it's just been a blessing, man. I just, um, you know, I just continue to show up every day and, and, and serve with the uh with the best of my abilities along with some amazing comrades in this work.
1: Yeah. I always tell people when you enjoy what you do, that's a career. A job is just, you know, getting paid or, you know, punching the clock, just showing up, when you really like what you're doing it's like you can get up every day cause you got a purpose. You got a, a reason for living. And that's why Indeed. I think, I think you found, I think you found your passion and that's why you're able to give so much of your time. Uh, and I, I hope it's not at the expense of your family. I know you, you, you try to make time for everything and balance it out a little bit, but, but you, sure. you are a, you are a guy that a lot of people want to talk to and, and not just pick your brain, but they want to partner with you. Uh, can you share uh, some of the names of your people and your staff? You want to give them a shout-out right here? And then, again, there's so many great partners you've mentioned over this interview, including AT&T, including uh, – I, I could go on and on and on um, – uh, uh, Roland Parrish, uh, the, the, the Dallas Mavericks. I could go on and on and on. I think the sky is the limit, but I also think, uh, you know,
2: as you said, you are, you're not doing this by yourself. No. No, I mean, you know – I. I shout out the entire team at 4O Cliff, every single person. Yes, sir. You know, all of them, you know. They know. Yeah, everybody that's here, you know, that, that show up, I appreciate it. You know, we have a strong team of 14 people here right now mm-hmm. that are showing up, dedicated in every single way um, to serve our community. But overall, man, I, I just want to uplift the whole super block. You know, I want to uplift everybody out here. That's doing something to make a difference for our people. Everybody that's out here from Oak Cliff that's stepping into whatever it is you're doing. Um, I just want to, you know, send some encouragement and love and and remind everybody of of, of who we plan savings with three lines of t-mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary
3: after the end of a good fight you deserve a nice cold reward Medela is the mark of a fighter you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight the better the reward you put in the hours the energy the tough labor you are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crownland Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: You are You And knowing that, you know, again, if we from any of these streets, leadbetter Polk, Hampton, you know, Marcellus, Overton, any of them places sound familiar to you, just knowing that um, you walking in with, with, with major resilience and um, there's nothing that you can't do and not a room or door you can't walk through. That's
1: right. And you can walk through that door for for Oak dot org, located right off of Ledbetter, uh, formerly the YMCA over there. And again, it, your mind, your jaw will drop. Your mind will be blown. You're like, this is right here, right here where we live. And it is so good. And it's a blessing. And more Indeed, importantly, it like is. you said, you just pull on up. You don't have to have a reservation ahead of time. You know what I'm saying?
2: You don't. You can pull up and vote today. Exactly. You can vote. exactly. Yeah, come on down and vote. The exactly. voteless people is the hopeless
1: people. Taylor, I can't thank you enough for joining us. Is there anything you want to leave us with other than that? Is there a, 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 a check out the website or a, a phone number or an email address, anything you want to leave with the people? Because you never know who's listening
2: to this show. Um, I well, think all the information you know, on the
1: website, right?
2: Yeah, all the information on there. I just got one thing. My daughter's birthday is Sunday, and I just want to say a happy, happy birthday to my daughter, my amazing little girl, Wednesday Jewel Tones. Happy birthday, Jewel, Wednesday, Wednesday Jewel Toys. Yes, sir. Is her name Wednesday? Her name is Wednesday.
1: Look yeah. out. That is, that, is, <laughs> that is awesome. Well, happy birthday Wednesday. And by the way, happy 10th anniversary to 4ocliff.org. And thank you, Taylor Toys. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. And joining us right now with an interesting topic about men's health, my good friend, Dr. Pat Fulgham. He's going to talk to us about prostate cancer awareness and the big fundraiser for UREF coming up in March. Pat, how you doing?
3: Doing great. Thanks for having me back on again. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Yeah, I, I wanted to go a little bit more in depth. With
1: Last time we were talking, we were talking uh, about the golf tournament that was coming up, the fundraiser. And this time I wanted to talk not only about the big event in March, but, you know, men on, on the whole as a species are reluctant to go to the doctor for just a checkup. Can we talk about why guys really need to do so, especially when it comes to prostate cancer?
3: Sure can, and you're right. Um, all of us men are seem reluctant to go in and get routine checkups. I think there's a lot of concern about what might be found and what that might lead to. And, and also, you <laughs> know,
1: guys think they're alphas and, oh, I'm never sick and I provide for my family and I'm going to be all right and I just can't stop down. I'm too busy working. Just excuses after excuses, right?
3: Yeah, there's a little bit of that, too. There's a little bit of uh, the aura of indestructibility Mm -hmm. where it happened to me. But the truth is, especially in prostate cancer, uh, it's going to happen to a whole lot of us over our lifetimes. In fact, one in eight uh, Caucasian men are going to get it during their lifetime. And one in six African-American men are going to get it during their lifetime. And I think what we got to do to help people be more aware, and
1: I think isn't this a situation where if you just get it checked early and you find out if there is a symptom or you've got a little bit, it's it's gone, it's it's resolved, it, it can be taken care of. It's when you don't do anything about it
3: that that's when lives are lost, right? Yeah, more often than not, it's when we find it late that we're yeah. not able to completely cure it. When we find it really early. We've got excellent treatments. Uh, I think a lot of men are concerned that the only alternative is surgery, but the truth is if we find prostate cancer early, up to 50% of men can just be watched. They don't have to be treated at all. Only about a quarter of men uh, have disease that's significant enough that it requires some sort of intervention, whether it's radiation or surgery or something else. But I think there's a myth that if it's diagnosed, it always leads to the same outcome, which is surgery. And that's just a misconception that we hope to help dispel.
1: And see, that's why we're talking, Dr. Pat Pat Fulgham. This is why we talk, because we're trying to break down these myths, because believe it or not, it actually saves lives and can change lives. And the thing about it is, you know, if you don't talk about some things, people just come up with their own, you know, I don't want to call it a, a conspiracy theory, but they come up with their own thoughts or reasons why I'm not going to go get checked. Can we talk about how it's not the same check that you probably heard about or heard? In other words, there's different ways to check to see if you have prostate cancer. And I and you can you can talk because we're on the radio. You can still talk. And I know you ha- you can talk without being graphic because a lot of people are like, oh, they're going to. Are going to make this salacious? No, we're just going to talk about how you need to get checkup.
3: Yeah, that's true. If I, if I could step back in history a little bit, when I trained, uh, it was at Parkland Hospital. And at that time, really the only test we had for prostate cancer was what's called a digital rectal exam, where you feel the prostate mm-hmm. gland with your finger. That's all we had. and And that's what everybody's all afraid of. They don't want that to happen to them. They're very much afraid of that. And by the time there's anything that can be detected that way, it's often too late to offer uh, definitive treatment or curative treatment. So one of the big things that happened in the late 1980s is we developed a blood test called the prostate-specific antigen blood test that allowed us to identify men who might be at an increased risk for developing the disease. See, I think a big problem for men as we age, a couple of things happen. One is A lot of us develop some enlargement of the prostate, which makes it a little bit more difficult to urinate Mm -hmm. as one of its symptoms. But prostate cancer really has no symptoms until it's very far advanced. And that's why it's been such an insidious disease is you feel great. You don't really have any symptoms. You say, there's no way I can have prostate cancer. I feel fine. But of course, that's not the truth. Uh, Prostate cancer can be present and... In fact, it can become quite advanced before you might ever have any sense that something's wrong.
1: Okay, so let's let's break this down just a little bit. You just said something a lot of guys probably didn't even know, or their wives didn't know, their girlfriends, their moms didn't know. You said there's a blood test you can take. You don't have to have the digital
3: test. You don't have to. Now, there's um, still some value in having that uh, rectal exam at least once. There are a few people whose PSA tests are low, even when they have prostate cancer, but it's a fairly small percentage. And over the years, a lot of internal medicine doctors and family doctors have stopped doing the rectal examination anyway, based on a government recommendation from about 15 years ago. Uh, There's still some people who feel like the digital rectal exam is important But I'd much rather a man have the PSA blood test than avoid being evaluated altogether Mm -hmm. just because they're afraid of the rectal examination. But what
1: what we're breaking down is just options, right? There's options as opposed to, well, there's the only one thing you can do.
3: That's exactly right. And, you know, the PSA test is not perfect. It, It identifies people that might be at increased risk, but it doesn't tell you Uh, whether you do or don't have prostate cancer. So just as you mentioned, that leads to a decision. The decision is, do you pursue an abnormal test or is there anything else you can do except to undergo a biopsy of the prostate? And that's one of the pieces of good news I hope to discuss at this upcoming symposium. There are some non-invasive tests now that, have what is called a high negative predictive value. And what that means is if the test is negative, it's very unlikely that you have serious prostate cancer. So if your PSA test is abnormal, you can do a urine test that does not necessarily require a rectal exam. And if that test is negative, you may be able to just watch it for the time being. If that test is positive, then you'll know you need to pursue it somewhat further. You know, like I said, this is so much good news for a lot of guys going, they're
1: listening right now going, because I didn't want to do it this way. It's all about options. And in this day and age, because it's the 21st century, in this day and age of Amazon and FedEx and home delivery, Uber things, Uber Eats, I've heard, and you tell me you know more about it than I do, I've heard there may be situations where you can do a home test or at least do something at the house, they send you something, And then you can ship it out or send it out again. Is that another option?
3: It surely is. And, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with the test for colon and rectal cancer. That's a home test like that. You order the kit, they deliver it. You collect a sample at home and ship it back. You never have to go to the doctor. There's now um, a urine test that's of the same general nature. That is, you can order it. uh, You can collect the sample at home in the privacy of your own home and then ship it back and receive an answer in the mail. Now, of course, you're still going to want to involve your physician. Of course. Because the choices, it seems like there's a lot of choices, but the choices aren't always perfectly straightforward. And you definitely want someone knowledgeable to help you kind of interpret what the tests mean. And then you can make what's called an informed decision. And that's what what we're really after here is we Mm -hmm. want men to... Take responsibility for their own health and make good, smart decisions. And of course, you got to have some information to be able to do that.
1: We're talking with Doctor Pat Fulgum about prostate cancer, and you mentioned the other cancers. And it reminded me of uh, a few months ago, back when the Cowboy season first started. Uh, Dak Prescott had done a commercial, and was it colon cancer or rectal cancer? All I know it was a it was a light look at or a Asking guys to get a checkup or, or go check it out. And he was talking about, he said, let's talk S. And he was just, and it was like they beeped him out. Let's just talk about S. And and it was it was funny and it was lighthearted, but it it got the message across it. In other words, you're trying to reach people in a variety of ways. And that's a big strong football player, an athlete, tip top shape. And he said, Hey guys, let's talk about S because it's about your health. So can you, can you tell them, I mean, I know you saw the commercial as well. And I think it's, it's a, uh, you know, it's a public affairs uh, or PSA, what they call it, a public service announcement, but it was very, very clever. And I, and I thought I want to get your review of it. I thought it was a good message for guys to get that particular check
3: test. Uh, it was very clever and I thought very well done. And uh, someone with a powerful voice like that, who's got the public's attention uh, really makes a difference. And although, the racial disparity in outcomes for colon and rectal cancer is not as big as it is with prostate cancer um certainly hearing it from an african-american man who's relatively young is just the kind of message we want to get out i I think i may have shared this with you before but african-american men tend to get prostate cancer three to nine years younger than other men wow So we tend to usually think of prostate cancer as an older man's disease, but the truth is um, for African-American men with an elevated risk factor, they may need to start considering uh, being screened as early as age 40.
1: Wow. And And see, that's, that's important because there's so many people who listen to the show and they're like, well, that's my grandpa. He needs to probably get a test. No, it might be you.
3: Absolutely. It might be you. And, if you, we're, we're coming to understand the genetics of this disease a lot better. We've known for some time how important a family history is. And if your father or your brother has prostate cancer, your risks are already double what they would be otherwise. And if you've got multiple family members with prostate cancer, your risk is even higher. In fact, you may carry a genetic uh predisposition for prostate cancer. You've probably heard of the BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes. They're pretty famous in breast cancer, Mm -hmm. but men also have those same genes. And if there's an abnormality in one or the other of those, your risk of prostate cancer may be a lot higher than the general public. In fact, those abnormalities account for about 10% of prostate cancers. We can now test for that. You know what? You just you just kind of made me think about something.
1: The the risk or the uh, uh, hereditary aspect of it it kind of sounds somewhat like diabetes. If you have a history in your family of diabetes, that you might be susceptible to getting it more than someone else. Am
3: I wrong or am I reaching? Is, is it is it a somewhat similar comp? Well, it's a similar idea, although uh, the genetic aspect of it's maybe not quite as strong as the environmental aspect. Diabetes is a little bit different, but there's no question that uh, family history is a significant and proven risk factor for prostate cancer. And in fact, when we counsel people and when we use risk calculators, uh, race is always factored in on that. But if you have, for instance, uh, women in your life who developed breast cancer at an early age, or mm-hmm. if you have multiple family members with breast cancer, mm-hmm. you may be at risk for carrying that same gene that's permissive for prostate cancer. Wow. So that th- that brings up another angle
1: um, about the breast cancer awareness. Everybody knows October is breast cancer awareness month. And I think uh, uh, there's been a, a very good job done in the health industry about making women and some men aware of, breast cancer awareness and, and everybody has probably met someone or has someone in their family that has had it or they have survived in the survivors and, and wear pink. Is there any kind of a prostate cancer campaign or is it not a good idea to try to do a uh, shine a similar light? Because again, it's taken out a lot of guys just like breast cancer was taking out a lot of women.
3: You're absolutely right. And you know, I think the key is women have been their own best advocates. They have really campaigned hard in Congress and elsewhere to make sure that women have access to mammograms and other screening tests for breast cancer. And they were adamant um, several years ago when the government had the idea that maybe we were diagnosing too many people too early with breast cancer. Women insisted on their own behalf that they be allowed to continue to be tested as they thought appropriate. And men, of course, uh, were less aggressive and less active. And as I think as a result, they never had a movement that caught fire quite like um, the breast cancer awareness movement did. Mm -hmm. We do have a prostate cancer awareness month. Uh, The NFL and others have occasionally participated in trying to do prostate cancer awareness, but you've never had the the turquoise or the blue shoes, which happens to be the color for prostate cancer awareness that you've seen with pink, for instance. Mm -hmm. But, you know, prostate cancer is going to kill about 35,000 men in this country this year. Breast cancer is going to kill about 42,000 women. So prostate cancer kills almost as many men as breast cancer kills women. And yet you hear very little about it you know part of the reason is prostate cancer is so much more prevalent you know we're going to have 300,000 new cases diagnosed this year so many more new cases of prostate cancer than breast cancer so breast cancer statistically is more deadly than prostate cancer but overall it's still a very serious disease and prostate cancer is still the second leading cause of cancer death in men right behind lung
1: That is absolutely amazing. Those statistics are just outrageous. And with that being said, let's once again go over this. You've mentioned the various options of how guys could get tested. We mentioned that it's not that difficult to do. We also mentioned the reluctance of a lot of guys to just stop down, you know, just to get a test. And you can actually have a test at home if you just look it up and and find out where to go. But at the same time, it's, it's about getting the word out. And I know you've been very actively involved. When you first started, what was that? When you became a doctor, was it about prostate cancer? What What was your 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 not your major, but what was your 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 forte? The the best. And then all of a sudden, what led you to to look into this in particular?
3: Well, when I first went into urology, I was very interested in kidney transplants, which were relatively new, and it was a new field and an exciting field urology is a surgical specialty Mm -hmm. at the time of course prostate cancer as I said there was very little we could do to diagnose it and often when we diagnosed it it was too late to be able to cure it it was only with the advent of the PSA blood test and then transrectal ultrasound and biopsy and then improvements in treatment so that the treatment didn't cause as much harm that prostate cancer kind of came to the fore imaging and early diagnosis were always part of my interest in prostate and so when we developed our foundation back in 2001 it was all about educating not only patients in the public but educating physicians about the best way to use those tools and the best way to deploy them you know we don't want to find people with disease that doesn't need to be treated and we don't want to over treat people mm-hmm. but at the same time we don't want to let someone who could have been cured die for lack of early diagnosis and so it's always that push and pull between those two things first do no harm and then try to find a way to figure out who really needs to be treated and treat them with the fewest potential harms that we can generate. Men are so worried about the treatment of prostate cancer as it relates to their sexual function and to their urinary control, that it's another thing that tends to cause them not to pursue being screened. And that's just the truth. I think Mm -hmm. every man out there thinks that if they have to be treated for prostate cancer, they're not going to be able to control their urine and they're automatically not going to have good sexual function. That's completely untrue. Now it certainly is true that there's some risk, but the vast majority of men can be treated with minimal impact to those two bodily functions that are so important to all of us. And the number one thing is if you get, you know, a test early, you can
1: avoid all of the fears that you've made up in your minds or Talked amongst your friends about. I mean, there's, it's like early. It's just like I said. I, I want I want guys who are listening to this, think about breast cancer awareness. You know what that campaign is, and women know. You know, check early, and then you can avoid a lot of things. So, guys, it's the same thing. I'm just. I'm just also trying to figure out in my mind. I'm trying to visualize. Okay, maybe you have an event where the test can be taken uh, when you when you have the golf tournament because these are different nonprofit things. Talk about some of the ways that guys can get access to a test or get tested other than, like I said, the home treatment, which is nice, uh, a blood test, which is nice, and the digital, which is a lot of guys want to avoid. Can you, can you talk about some situations where guys can gather in uh, an environment, like I said, a, a nonprofit golf tournament or like a symposium where they might have access to taking a test?
3: absolutely in fact uh many years ago we used to do just that we would hold a 5k race on father's day nice 5k race yeah we'd actually have volunteers and we would do the psa blood test and the digital rectal exam right there on site we'd set up private booths and we would offer that screening that's fallen a little bit out of favor because uh, we ended up screening some people who probably were too young or didn't yet need the screening. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's any number of places now where men can get a free PSA test if they are if they don't have the means to do it otherwise. In fact, Presbyterian Hospital of Dallas has some mobile units that go out and do breast and prostate screening. Nice. Time. And yeah. so, you know and what I'm that's...
1: You know what? I'll talk
3: about that too.
1: Okay. Before you get into that, I was just wondering, are those like separate mobile units or are they together? Because I think that's also a good thing. It's like, okay, you you take your wife to get a, or your girlfriend to get a, a breast cancer test. Well, they've got a prostate cancer test right there at the same spot.
3: Yes, absolutely. That can be done. And there are multiple resources for doing that. You know, I think, the key if I could if I could make one plea is, you know, most men by the time they reach 40 or 45, they should be going to the doctor annually to get their cholesterol and their blood pressure checked and have somebody look in their eyes and make sure everything is running smoothly. Um, I want patients to feel empowered. I want them to talk to their doctor about prostate cancer screening. and if the doctor doesn't offer it, Uh, you should feel empowered to ask for it. I mean, that's a decision Mm -hmm. for you to make with your doctor, but Mm -hmm. certainly have the ability to say, look, I've heard uh, that I'm at increased risk and I want that test as part of my annual physical exam or annual medical examination. I love this because these days,
1: everybody's trying to be healthy. Everybody's trying to stay in shape. And it's not just the beginning of the year for, you know, uh, uh, new year's resolutions. I think As guys get older, boomers get older, they want to stay in shape. They want to be able to do the things they used to do, and they have no problem getting an eye exam. They have no problem getting their blood pressure taken so that they can continue to do these activities or go work out in the gym. And I think it's just a natural thing. If you're going to get a physical, if you're going to see your doctor, ask for that test as well and ask them. You you can say, I've heard there's different options too.
3: Yeah, at least the blood test. And then if you still feel like you just don't want to undergo the rectal examination, then you can decline that. I mean, I think people forget that it's your body and you can do it as you choose. You you run a small risk of maybe missing something, but uh, that may be a a risk you're willing to take. So uh, at least get the blood test and then you've got a little bit better chance of understanding whether you might be at increased risk or not.
1: This is what's so great because, again, Every, every guy that listens to the radio or listens to the podcast and they listen to sp- different sponsors, they'll hear people say, Get your level up or you got to get an edge. And it's like code for get in shape or get better or do something to live your best life. And it's like, Why not get a, prot- a prostate cancer test some kind of way, especially because the age range is like you said, it's not just older people in the different demographics, especially African Americans. You could be 40 years old. So if you're over the age of 40, no matter what race you are, no matter what height you are, no matter if you're in shape or out of shape, it's probably a good idea to get that test some kind of way. Whether you go to a doctor, whether you are at an event and different people are doing it, and there's not a long line, and you say, oh, okay, might as well do it. Or if you you can get it online and have it sent to the house like you do some of the other things you buy on, on Amazon. So, there's ways of getting it done, and you can be discreet, or you can just say, hey, it's no big deal. I'm just trying to get ahead of everything. There's, there's, there's no reason to make this thing like, oh, the big secret. We don't want to tell nobody. Or I don't want to know. I mean, there's reasons to take your life into your own hands the right way, and that's learning about what you can do to extend your life. And and, and Dr. Pat, we talked to Dr. Pat Fulgham about prostate cancer awareness. You mentioned the big fundraiser. Let's talk about that. U-R-E-F is coming in March, and that's the fundraiser. Tell everybody about what's going on and why they might want to be there.
3: Yeah, we're going to have a symposium this year at Presbyterian Hospital of Dallas. Uh, I'm going to be one of the speakers. Uh, you're actually going to be our MC, and we're we're so delighted about that.
1: I appreciate you From, asking me. I'm serious. I'm real big about stuff like this.
3: We were fortunate this year to be able to fund – this event through our foundation and through um, the kind contributions of um, one of our institutional foundations so that we are able to make this a free event this year for everyone with. Hold on. Wait a
1: minute, Pat. Did you just say free? Did you say that four letter word free guys? It's free. Ladies tell your
3: husbands or your boyfriends it's free. Tell your dad it's free. (laughs) And we got complimentary parking and ballet parking to make it a little bit easier to get in and out, we'll have a one hour reception from two to three and then a talk from three to four and I'm going to be answering questions if people have them and I hope you're going to come up and sum up the meeting at the end a little bit for everybody and and help reinforce that message but. We've got several of the vendors who are going to be present to offer these tests we've just been talking about, and I think it's a great chance for men and their families to learn a little bit about what's out there as an alternative. So we are thrilled to be able to do it for free. Uh, I realize that's the start of March Madness, but uh, taking that one hour could really change either your life or the life of somebody in your family. So. We hope to get as many people there as possible, and we hope that they'll spread the word from there.
1: And you know what? Again, you can go with a bunch of your buddies. You can go with your wife. You can go with your girlfriend. You go with the kids. You can go with people who care about you, guys you want to hang out with. Again, if you put it in your mind like this is like when women get together for breast cancer awareness or families get together for breast cancer awareness. They do the the 5Ks or they do the runs or they – they do stuff at the at the mall or they do stuff at a golf tournament, raise funds, whatever it is. Look at it like, okay, this is something I need to know, but this is not like everybody that walks into this door. They probably have prostate cancer. No, you probably don't, and that's the good thing. You want to make sure that you catch it in the early stages if you do, and if you don't, you want to figure out, what you can do to try to make this thing go away, or at least have something done to make your life even better.
3: That- you've encapsulated it perfectly. And, you know, some people are still going to get prostate cancer. It's just going to happen despite your best efforts. But what you can do is know your family history. You can keep your weight down and you cannot smoke. Those are the things we know for sure that will lower your overall risk. And then there's a few things for our veterans, for instance, who might have been exposed to Agent Orange that are also known to be risk factors. But for the most part, the things that are healthy for your heart are healthy for your prostate. And if you think about it that way, you can adjust your lifestyle accordingly. And what is that date again for the event, the symposium? It's March the 23rd. That's a Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m., Presbyterian Hospital of Dallas, that's on Walnut Hill, just east of Central. Thank you, Pat Pulisham. We
1: appreciate you, and thank you all for joining us on Better Living, a show about people or organizations having a big impact here in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. So long, everybody. Minimum of four lines for twenty five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without autopay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee twenty four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due thirty five dollars per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, oh